Live from the mother city, the home of Table Mountain, this is Newsbreak's election debate roadshow on Lotus FM before a studio audience at the SABC Seapoint Studios in Cape Town. Your hosts for this afternoon, Genevieve Lanka and the Newsbreak team. Let's give them a round of applause. Well, sun, surf and sea, but none of that matters today as political parties get ready to cast their net into the proverbial electoral pool ahead of the August 3rd polls. But for the potential voter here in the mother city, it's going to take more than just big promises to reel them in. They are here in force to give their vote a voice. The views and opinions expressed on Newsbreak Talk do not represent those of SABC News or Lotus FM. Allow me to introduce the panel today for ICOSA is Richard Koch. Good afternoon. For the DA, it's Anda Nsodo. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Cope Farouk Kasim. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. For the ANC, Jeremiah Tainsma. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Genevieve, and good afternoon to the listeners. And Al Juma Hanif Hendricks. Good afternoon. Assalamu alaikum. Our analyst and moderator today is Sanusha Naidu. Good afternoon, Sanusha. Good afternoon, Genevieve, and to the party representatives and the uh, members in the audience. I'd just like to mention that we do have the IEC with us today. It's Reynold van Heerden, who is the Outreach and Training Coordinator, and we do thank him for his time in being here at the debate. But before we begin with our opening statements, uh, you know, we're going to allow each party a minute to speak directly to the issues that uh, need to be addressed. But Sanusha, let's just set the agenda. What are those issues that these parties need to concentrate on today? Well, I think the, Cape, the, 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 the Western Cape and Cape Town in particular is a very interesting province. I mean, it's one of those provinces that is, doesn't remain within the uh, stable of the ANC. It actually is being governed by the DA. And so it kind of has a different trajectory of politics, a different trajectory of the kinds of, of, of oppositional politics you see. And I think some of the key issues that have come up in the past uh, in terms of uh, whether the DA remains a consolidated party of control or in a sense whether it's going to have any threat towards its uh, position of, of, of rule ruling uh, the city as well as in other uh, district councils and so forth. But I think there's three issues that come up particularly for me. And one of them, uh, starting off with, I think, how inclusive is the city in terms of development? Uh, we've seen in the past some several uh, newspaper reports, several issues emerging around inclusive development, you know, in terms of the rollout of social development uh, and social justice issues for, for different populations, different areas in the province, and in particular in the city of Cape Town in terms of the spatial uh, issues of, of, of inequality that exist. Mm -hmm. So that for me is the first issue in terms of inclusive development uh, and, what the, and I'm sure the DA is going to come out and say how much that's been achieved, but in terms of what the other political parties see as this as being something that leads to social cohesion for the province and for the city. The second one is safety and security. Uh, that has always been on the agenda. It's been something that has come up recently as well in terms of the, the issue of gangsterism that has become very prevalent in areas in terms of how are we dealing with the safety and security issue and what needs to be done in order to protect the kids on these, on the, in these areas that have been caught as vulnerable victims. Uh, and that leads to issues of social dislocation for families. And it's again about the safety and security issue. And of course the last one for me is just generally speaking in terms of how are the parties actually capturing the imagination of the electorate. Uh, if you can just leave aside your, your party, party affiliations, but just in terms 
terms of the, 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 the voter that's not actually a member of any political party, how do you actually get them to say, well, vote for me, this is what I'm going to do? Because what I'm beginning to see in most of the election uh, debates and in most of the, the, the so-called commentaries coming out is that there's a level of apathy amongst the, the, the voter. So Why how are they going to attract the yeah. apathetic group? And, how, and, and more importantly, what makes you different from the others? What are you going to do that's going to be different? Because that seems to be from some of these surveys that are coming out is we vote, but nothing changes. So I think that's very important. Well, critical issues that Sanusha is raising. We're going to allow for each party to make their opening statement now. You have just one minute to speak directly to the issues that Sanusha had raised. Remember, we are discussing ideas and solutions. So party supporters, you are reminded to allow the candidates here to make their statements first before you applaud them. We're going to begin with Icosa. Your minute starts now. Thank you. I think for Icosa, you have raised a number of issues that is very important. The one thing that you've raised was social cohesion. Then you also speak of the city of Cape Town's uh, pillars, which speaks of inclusiveness. <coughs> now we as Icosa, we're saying that we, we're not here to want to make differences with regards to how people need to vote. What we're saying is that we want to make the whole of Cape Town and the metro particularly involved into the services in the city, but also to vote for ECOSA. In terms of the issue around social cohesion, we're saying the, the integrated housing process, the way we develop houses, the, the way we do social development within the city, that leaves for a particular reason as to why we need to work towards social cohesion, because none of that is existing in our programs as yet been done by the, by, by the city or by the municipality that's run, run this government today in the city of Cape Town. None of these issues happen and social cohesion does not exist. Thank you, Mr. Cock. Let's go to the Democratic Alliance. Your minute starts now. Uh, thank you. The Democratic Alliance will continue to strive to work with all people of Cape Town so that uh, we move forward with uh, making Cape Town an inclusive city. Uh, already there have been steps that have been taken, like the campaign which was launched by our mayor that says uh, uh, don't allow the racist speak for you. And also the city of Cape Town's mayor's office is the only office that has a desk that deals uh, with anti-racism. So uh, residents of Cape Town so far have reported quite a number of cases and we've taken steps to ensure that there's no discrimination happening in the city. In terms of inclusive development, uh, in the next term we are going to ensure that there is some development that is going to take place in the Cape Town CBD. Uh, whereby there will be affordable housing being built there so that people can live and work. Thank you, Mr. Nsodo. We're going to go to COPE now. Your minute starts now. Thank you. Cape Town is a city where we have tale of two cities. And COPE wants to make sure that through social democracy, we are going to be able to change that so we have maximum democracy and maximum social development. We also promise a service commissioner we want to have a Cape Town uh, development and incentive investment company. We want to make sure that the budget of the Cape Town will be determined by the people in the wards. So this is what we're going to be doing. And we're different from other parties in that we are campaigning very, very heavily using Facebook and social media so everyone can interact with us on a Congress of the people wants to ensure 
that Madiba's legacy is going to be carried forward and we want to do for Cape Town what has not happened in the last 22 years. Make it a story of one city, one people and not a tale of two cities as has been happening up to now. Thank you Mr. Kassim. We're going to go to the ANC. Your minute starts now. As the ANC we would want to make use of the opportunity to make Cape Town a city for all our people. The apartheid space laid out of the city must be broken down. We must say no to racism, not run campaigns, because councillors are found guilty of racist statements, but they still sit in the council at today until the end of the term on the 3rd of August from the DA. Nothing has been done about exposing the reality of apartheid. Three, the third point, safety is a problem in our areas. We can't have a problem with people from Menenberg, Lavendale and Kailitz have difficulty moving around, whilst the city basically spends its money primarily in camps where Seapoint. The last issue is about voters must take the actual experience when they want to make a decision about voting. It's not about what the party says, take your experience and then decide whether the party that you have voted for in 2011 is still relevant for you. Well, thank you for that. We're going to go to Al Jamar. Your minute starts now. I, I am the only Indian councillor in the city of Cape Town. We also have uh, 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 representatives in Durban and Joburg and, and, and Equilene. What has captured the imagination of the voters uh, in Cape Town is that we have graduated uh, candidates for councillors, most of them females, graduating in public policy and budgets, which the city needs because of the many inequalities that exist in the city. And the reason for the inequalities is because the city does not have a single budget for any one of the hundred, over 100 wards uh, in the city. Because there are no budgets for the wards, that's why we have uh, these uh, inequalities. As far as safety and security is concerned, we, are do, we have a, a socioeconomic response, which I hope uh, to share with your, your listeners, that will guarantee personal uh, safety. Thank you for that. It's just gone 15 minutes past one. Good afternoon. You're listening to Newsbreak, Newsbreak's pre-election debate. We're here in Cape Town at the M1 Auditorium in Seapoint. It's the penultimate debate and an opportunity for the Mother City to give their vote a voice. We're going to be going to the audience after this. So it's all about the audience giving their vote a voice this afternoon. I'm going to remind you that you are not allowed to ask your own party any questions. And it's just one question per audience member. If you can give us your name and your question, sir. My name is Chabu. I want to ask to the ruling party in the city of Cape Town. They are claiming that they've actually delivered 67 budget in our communities. I want them to elaborate where, because we've got a two-tailed city in Cape Town, one for the rich in Manningpeg, I mean one for the poor in Manningpeg, Kailicha and elsewhere, and one for the rich in Kames Bay and other areas. What do they say when they say that they've actually delivered for all? Because we know TA as the TA for the rich people, not for the poor. Well, the direct question for the Democratic Alliance, I'm going to allow Mr. Nsodo to take that question. How have you delivered to the poor? Are you a party for the rich? Yeah, the, definitely the Democratic Alliance is a party for all. For example, what is happening in Cape Town, the rich people uh, pay rates up to 30,000 rand per month. 
and yet we're doing little of service delivery in their areas. And what we tax them is spent mostly in the poor areas to upgrade the lives of people in those areas. So it is not true that uh, uh, what's the name? The DA is not delivering for all. One, and when I answer the question of the 67% of the budget, it is true. It's been for the second time that the city of Cape Town is voting 67% of its budget to upgrade the poor areas of Cape Town. So that 67%, it does not go to rich areas. It goes to the poor areas. But the How? problem that makes, that makes an impression that there are two Cape Town is that the ward councillors of the ANC are the ones who are blocking service delivery in the poor areas are the ones who are running ungovernability in the poor areas, are the ones that are responsible to keep the poor people poor. You know, it's, it's really interesting that you would say this here in Cape Town because in every other province that we've been to, uh, the, a, the DA Watt councillors say that they were not able to deliver on their mandate. It was because the ANC was in power there. So how do you balance it? If you're in power here in the, demo, in the Western Cape, how is it that you can't get into those areas that belong to you? Let me just make the record straight. We do have an access to those areas, but there is a lot of resistance. It is evident. Now and again, on the end two, there are tires being bent whenever the ANC ward councillors, together with their supporters, are not happy. So that is a pattern that is happening in Cape Town. Lastly, the mayor of Cape Town has opened a state-of-the-art library in Kailicha. This is just an example, whereby the mayor informed the ward councillor and informed the people from the area. They boycotted that. So there is a deliberate strategy by the ANC in the Western Cape to make the ANC wards ungovernable. Well, let's just bring in the ANC on this before we go to the next audience member. I'll try to bring in another party on the same question as well. Are, are you making it difficult for the Democratic Alliance in your specific wards where you do govern? That's the accusation that's being put to you, Mr. Tainsma. No, I think that the representative of the DA is dishonest. He must tell the listeners that his budget that he claims is spending 67% to the poor areas is not true. Africa Tech has released a report on the 14th of July where they say at best the DA is delivering 48.5% of the budget in poor areas. I am a sub-council chair in Kailita, which represents the area of Site B and Site C, possibly the poorest part of Cape Town. And I can tell you the DA only budgeted 9 million rand, a capital expenditure for that area, 9 million. Year where we are sitting in C.365 million rand has been budgeted for, for the sub-council. Now you must ask yourself the question, if we are making it impossible for him to deliver in Kailita, how is it possible for him then to justify spending his money in C point? Because it's not even true that we are behind the issue of people protesting. The people know the experience. They're experiencing that nothing is happening in the area. And they don't have to wait for the ward council to tell them about the experience. They live there. Our sure ward council, do do your ward councillors support the uh, violent protests or disruptive protests in those areas uh, that you mentioned? In Kailicha or, or the uh, areas that you say are specific to the ANC? Not a single ward council of the ANC has been found guilty of 
organizing or supporting protest in his or her ward. So he mustn't be dishonest, he must tell the truth, he must tell us that you are not spending your money where our people are, you are rather spending in the areas that already have. The Democratic Alliance, I'm going to allow you to come in and respond to the direct accusations made by Mr. Tainsma before we go to the next audience member, but speak directly to what he's saying. He's saying that people are protesting because they know the experience that they're having and that you are being dishonest. Uh, Mr. Tainsman is not telling the truth. It is on record that councillors like uh, Andy Lelili uh, were dismissed from the city of Cape Town for embarking on a poor, for being a leader of a poor protester in, in, in the area. So the ANC comes a long way with a campaign to make Cape Town ungovernable. Unfortunately, in the areas where the service delivery is happening, the communities there are working with the city and ensure that progress is made. But is there it has been in, next to Kukuletu and Nyanga a project of housing for the people of Nyanga and Kukuletu. Those areas are poor areas. That has been delayed since 2011 because of the squabbles of the ANC in the I'm area. I'm not going to turn this into a back and forth between the ANC and the DA. We have another audience member that we're going to go into a question. Uh, we're going to allow her to ask a question. But first, let's bring in Aljima on this. Do you have a different take on what the situation yes, is? And, but before you go on with your answer, I want to know what specifically you would do to remedy it. Give us solutions now on this panel. Uh, it is. Uh, it, it has been said that the DA spends 48 percent of its budget on the poor, but that only meets one percent of the needs of the poor. What Alzama will do is make sure that every ward has a full and proper budget, so that the city can carry out its delegated uh, responsibilities. And with regard to the poor protester, he's a DA member, not an ANC member. We're going to go to our next audience member. Your question, please. Hi. Um, good day. My name is Fatima Davis. I'm from Ikosa, and my question is directed to the Democratic Alliance. Um, I want to latch on to the Africa Czech um, report. It was written claiming that the city says it spends 67% of the budget in the, uh, in the pro-poor communities. Um, I just want to say that in terms of that, if you look at our communities, especially your Manenbergs, Lavender Hills and Nova Park and all of that, where the council has rental stock, our people have been living there for many years and those um, flats and rent rental stock houses have not been given over to our communities yet. And the backyard dwellers that we have and our informal settlements that we have, what type of service delivery is the city rendering to those communities? There has been no changes whatsoever in especially our pro-poor colored communities when it comes to these issues. Um, and especially where the service delivery protests are concerned, that is a direct indication that service delivery within the city of Cape Town is extremely poor to those that need it most. Thank you. Yet another direct question and really latching on to the same issue that the first uh, person had spoken about. So, Mr. Nsoro, let's just address what the panel, what the audience member mm. had raised. Yes. Let me answer it directly. It is on the record that the city of Cape Town has issued more title deeds, more than Nelson Mandela Bay, Tswane and Joe Beck combined. 
So this city is making progress in terms of giving out title deeds. We are leading in South Africa. There is a proof or, uh, to that extent. And secondly, this year, when the provincial, uh, after we opened uh, the, what's the name? We, we started with the council at the beginning of the year. The ANC provincial leadership made a clear statement that the, the DA is over delivering. They have made it. Can you over deliver to your constituencies? Uh, that's what the ANC said. That was the statement from the ANC. Uh, the ANC, is, is that what, it, what is over delivery? No, I think uh, Councillor Chodo is mentioned in the Africa Tech report for making these wild allegations. And again, he continues with the wild allegations, saying that the ANC says that the DA is over delivering. Our people are protesting for non delivery. How does it make sense that we say they are over delivering? You need to ask, you must go to the people, ask them what they want to deliver into the areas for the next five years and actually budget accordingly. Don't go and have nice public meetings, but yet you have already decided what you're going to spend in the areas. That's the one thing. Two, go back to them on a six-monthly basis, report to them how the budget is being spent. Let them give you account about whether the projects that they've asked you to deliver, that you are actually delivering on. Because that is how you make sure that you remain a government for the people. And that will also reduce the number of protests that you see. Is that what you're doing area. in the other constituencies, though, around the country where you have had protests? We, in the city of Cape Town where we are present, I report to the community every month. The community of Tafelsach can tell you. The community of Rocklands can tell you. In January, I'm with Tafelsach. In February, I'm with Rocklands, and I basically pop it so that they know what's going on in the council. That's what we are doing as council. Mr. Kassim, let's DA's take you to the same question. Let's take you to the same question, but give us some solutions. If you're saying the Democratic Alliance is falling on this one, what can you do differently? Yes, thank you. Number one. Cape Town has 104 informal settlements, more than any other city. And if you go to places like Blickersdorp or ba Barcelona, you'll see how deplorable the situation is. What would COPE do? We would make sure that we use the Brazilian model, where every single ward gets a direct say in how its allocation of the budget will be used. Now, if that were to happen, it would be a big, big change. Secondly, we would like to see that in every township we have rows and rows of shop houses like in the east so that people dwell on top and they work at the bottom. But if you were to go to any one of the townships of the Western Cape or Cape Town, you will find that there are pondokis, that there are informal structures and people are having to trade in the most deplorable condition. COPE will put an end to that, not in 10 years that the DA has had, but in two months, if we had That's our That's a way. bold promise. Two months you'd be able to deliver Absolute. on that. Is there enough capacity to be able to deliver on that in two months? Yes, because the people themselves have been itching and waiting. They just simply need planning and they need to be given the green light. And had the DA given them the green light, that we would have had 
the, the end of apartheid geography and spatial inequality and the people would have had proper trading places. Go to any single one of the townships and see how the DA has neglected those communities. Well, it's just gone half past one now. Good afternoon. You're listening to Newsbreak's pre-election debate. We are here in Cape Town at the M1 Auditorium in Seapoint. It's the penultimate debate, an opportunity for the mother city to give their vote a voice. And we're going to go to the next audience member. But first, Icosa, let's bring you in on the same point because it seems to be the running point in the program so far, dealing with the issue of spatial inequality and being able to redress those issues. What does your party put forward as being a solution? It is very simple. Every municipality has a budget. Once that budget has been allocated and been agreed upon within full council, we're saying that there is no political will within the city as yet to allocate budget where it is needed most. Political riots and public dismay starts from non-delivery that's it it's nothing to do with politics it has everything to do with people that is unhappy with regards to services that they thought been rendered to and that is why we have all the uprising we're saying that if your councillors is present and they report back as that is mandated to them when they've been elected if they report back to their communities on a monthly basis they will not have uprising because the communities will be up to date in terms of what's happening with the city and where the development is going to happen so we as ECOSA are saying that the moment we're in charge of a municipality we will prioritize budget in the communities where it is needed most. so what happens if you're not in charge of a municipality but you have a ward councillor would your ward councillor be uh, be have integrity enough to be able to take the messages to their constituencies even though it's not your party that's sitting there it's not even that issue about the integrity of the ward councillor it is the responsibility of the ward councillor to go back and report to that community but more than that our councillors is not just ordinary community members most of our councillors is experts in local government well let's go to the next audience member your name and your question okay Good afternoon. My name is uh, Ms. Kubra Naja. My question is directed to the DA. Um, it's the restitution land problem in District 6. Why is it that the land that was taken away from us forcefully cannot be given back to us? Why are we forced to take one little house, nine squ 90 square meters, when we have lost, in my case, seven semi-detached houses, two bedroom houses, with a size 1,000 square meters. Why do we have to take this one house? Where is the, the redress? Where is the restorative justice that we're supposed to get? And why have we not been given our title deeds yet? Thank you so much. Well, the Democratic Alliance, Mr. Nsoro? Yeah. Uh, I must state it categorically that uh, uh, the question of uh, uh, redressing the land issues is mainly the competency of the national government. And it's 22 years into democracy that the ANC national government has failed to, to, to do so. So the city of Cape Town, with the little pockets of land that are available, we are bringing back people into the city. What so is the responsibility of the city? Let's just clarify it for those who, who don't understand the, the politics behind this. Where does your responsibility begin and the national government's end when it comes to redressing this issue? 
Uh, I must make it very, very clear that the custodian of land is the national government. But there are pockets of land that are owned by the city of Cape Town. So the bigger picture of uh, redressing the question of uh, land needs uh, the, the, the partnership between the Cape, city of Cape Town and the national government. And that and partnership, does it exist? Because that, that, that partnership can be driven by the city? We, we, can, we cannot drive it alone. We've got a government that is playing tricks to ensure that we fail to achieve that. Mr. Tainsma, are you playing tricks to ensure that this fails? And what is your responsibility here? As the African National Congress, we are very clear that redress is not a negotiation. And that's what the DA don't understand. They want us to negotiate with them about land that belongs, that is now under the city, that must be arrested. You can't go and negotiate about land restitution. Land was taken illegally. So all that the city must do is submit the request to the land uh, department and, the la and then a, a simple document gets signed because the land is not owned by national government. The district six land is owned by the city. The city must sign the paper so that the land can be transferred. You mustn't be dishonest. Tell people the truth. Say so to people also that we have a similar situation in Seapoint where land belonged to the city. The land was handed over to our people. The DA made sure that the development never happens. Our people can't be restituted in Seapoint. They had to sell the land to Investec. It, that is the it seems as, if, it seems as if when it comes to certain issues that it's going to become a back and forth between the you two parties saying, saying that you know the others in responsible and I'm not responsible. Where does the buck stop? And who in this and who among you are willing to take this fight forward and say we're going to address it to make sure that that woman in the audience gets her title deed? When the ANC was in charge of the city of Cape Town for that three years, we spent our time in District 6. We made sure that the President Thabo Mbeki comes and hand over the land so that people can start constructing. But the moment the city went back to the DA, everything came to a standstill. We are clear, we, we know our responsibility as the ANC. We want to see our people move back to where they, where they were illegally. Mr. Nsodo, just, just your response to this, and, and tell us again, in the next five years, because that's where we're looking to now, the next five years, not what has happened, but what's going to happen. Why should that woman put her trust in you? What will you be willing to deliver when it comes to this matter? How will you address it? Uh, actually, Mr. Tinsman has made a very clear point here. The DA took over from the ANC in the city of Cape Town. And uh, uh, the former president, uh, Thabo Mpeki, handed over the, the, the piece of land next to, next to District 6. The reason why people today are getting smaller share of land compared to what they had in the past is because of the ANC planning. So moving forward, the DA will ensure that uh, we give more people a title to it and uh, a land in the city of Cape Town so that they can have collateral to use when they want to start their own businesses. Mr. Khanif Hendricks, your, your take on the situation, what is your policy regarding the, re, uh, the, the redistribution of land, especially in terms of being able to address the issue in District 6? The problem in District 6 is that there's a land grab of uh, the district land by white developers that has already been approved by the DA, and that's why no progress uh, can be made. 
most, uh, many of the houses in the old district six were owned by Indians. There's not a single or maybe just a handful of Indians that has returned back to district six. So the, the, the problem is that the whites who threw us out of district six, including myself, that they want to come back to district six and there's, uh, there's going to be a white land grab, one of the... Is it really a racial grabs. issue here? It is a racial issue because the whites don't want people of color to, sell, to stay in the city. They still want to have spatial apartheid development, and that is the policy of the DA and their funders. But before we go to the DA for the right of reply, I'm going to ask Cope to come in on this. Right, two things here. One, I think it's a question of you know, parties unwilling to say who their political party funders are. Cope is the only party that is on record which says we will want, we will disclose, but the other parties are not. So what happens is that while people vote for these parties, it is not the voters who determine their policies, but those who are giving them funding from behind. That's one. Number two, where justice is delayed, then justice is denied. A party like COPE would like to play a mediating role to make sure that it frees up the processes and doesn't allow the situation to be a back and forth between the DA and the ANC. There has to be maybe a, a third party that offers a solution and says, come and guys. And you're saying that your party yes, is that party? Yes, because we participated in CODESA. We would like to bring CODESA to Cape Town. How did you participate in CODESA? I was a member of CODESA. I, uh, I was there in, uh, you know, before the You night. mean that you have members of your party that have experience in CODESA? Yes, we have experience in CODESA and we'd like to bring CODESA type stuff. Icosa, take us through uh, your policies regarding this issue. I'm just thinking with regards to land restitution, it's very simple. People that have been stayed there and have been removed forcefully from this area, the municipality or the government in charge needs to make sure that people get that land. We're saying that even though if we have to share power or become in power, we will take this issue right up and we will make sure that we give it the necessary attention that it gets because people need to get back what belongs to them. And they need to have a political will or political party that has the political experience and political will that wants to take the people's issues forward. But with regards to um, integrated development, not just on District 6, in the whole city. We're seeing that the city is becoming almost like a spook door when it comes in the afternoon. But it's also a way of the apartheid structures moving our people outside of the city. We say there's a number of buildings in the city that lies dormant or it's empty or does become a political burden onto the city. If you take the Greenpoint Stadium, for example, that becomes political burden on the city. And if it's, we talk about the city, we speak about the ordinary people in this community that have to carry that burden. We say change that building into high-rise buildings or making flats available so that people can have access to the city and live into the city. The Good Hope Center is one of the other examples that we could normally use for something like that is to provide more houses because we're continuously paying to upgrade and to uphold the services within the stadium and, and, and the Good Hope Center. And you're saying but it can be utilized it otherwise? It can be utilized otherwise. The Democratic Alliance, I'm going to allow you to address some of the issues that were raised in terms of a direct right of reply before we go to our next audience member. Mm. Uh, very quickly, Mr. Nsodo. Uh, very quickly, first of all, the DA does not support the, pol the policy of uh, land grabs, property grabs, and so on. When we took over this country from 1994, apartheid already have done a lot of development, and some of it uh, to, to the detrimental of the lives of the people that they continue to oppress. So, 
Just to clarify, though, the land that we're talking about in District 6, does it belong to independent people or do they belong to the city? It because if it's the city, then it's not a question of land grab, is it? Yeah, let me answer that one. As, as I'm saying, when the city took over from the ANC that was, lead, that was uh, running the city of Cape Town, the ANC had plans in place that are being implemented now, which are disadvantaging the people. The people used to have bigger pieces of land, today they got smaller pieces of land because of the plans that happened during the era of Tabompeke. Well, we're going to go to the next audience member. Your name and your question. Uh, my name is uh, David Kamfer. I'm the provincial leader of ICOs in the Western Cape. I want to ask a question uh, to the DA. You can see the DA uh, is, is very off balance. And I want to ask, how will they deal with this thing? The white people is running the city of Cape Town and all over. And when they come to the baits, they send the colored and the, and, and the black people and they didn't know really what's going inside, inside the municipalities because there's other people, rich people outside and white people running the municipalities and they didn't know what's going on and exactly what is happening here and all over where the debate is. Now what they're doing, they're giving out the black people and colored people, they give them the, the, the gold chain and they are so happy because they did, don't worry because all what the people, the white people is doing, they're running the, 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 the municipalities inside. How will they deal with this issue? Mr. Ansodo, that's a direct question for you. Uh, the, 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 the answer to it, first of all, as I mentioned earlier on, the city of Cape Town is the only city that has a mayor with a desk that is fighting racism. The DA as the party is not a party that is being owned or dominated by white people. That is not true. Democratic Alliance is a political party for all South Africans. The policies we are making as the Democratic Alliance are in line with the constitution which was signed by no one else other than Dr. Nelson Kholisatla Mandela. There is a clear policy of the DA on redress, reconciliation, diversity, and service delivery. We so you're denying, so you're saying that we, we, this is not, not a, race, a, a racist party as, as some of uh, the people have asserted and you're also saying that you're not here as a front for the party. Exactly. The DA, when you become a DA member, you sign an anti-racist pledge. And any person who has racist tendencies in the DA is kicked out. There's no place for racists in the DA. Uh, let's just come back to that point because in, in the very beginning of the program, the ANC had said that there are some members of your party that were accused of racism that are still sitting there. Uh, how do you respond to that? Uh, yeah, I, I, I must say so. Each and every person, before we made this strong policy, because we had a policy that we are against racism, but after a few people have made uh, some racial remarks, the DA did take internal steps to, to, to deal with those people. And after the issue of Penny Sparrow, which is a, a, an example, we kicked Penny Sparrow out of the DA. We ensured that uh, justice is brought to her. She ended up 50,000. So the DA is taking steps against racists. 
So this smearing campaign that the DA is a white party, is a smearing party, is not sticking. Well, you know, uh, Mr. Tainsma, you're shaking your head here, and, and my concern is that isn't this about more than just race? When we're looking at local government issues, and we have so many issues to deal with, from service delivery down to housing, should we be looking beyond the color lines? We should be looking at the budget allocated to the city of Cape Town and look at how we spend the budget in such a way that we redress, we reverse apartheid. And the only way that we can reverse apartheid is to look at the reality of apartheid. The reality of apartheid is that white people grab the land. Now the government, the national government must buy the land back from those who stole it. And then it must be given back to the people who basically were forced to remove. That's the reality. Two, when it comes to the reality of service delivery, we can't deny that the, the Cape Town spatially is still the same as it was in 1994. Black people in general, colored Africans and Indians still live on the periphery. Those who lived in Woodstock close to Cape Town have been systematically been removed. Gentrification is actually happening in Cape Town. So you saying, DA so are you saying West, then? The DA provincial government owns apartments on the Val Drive. Are they you are then saying that race is necessary, black. addressing the racial issue is necessary in order to be able to address the spatial issues that the city is facing? It's fundamental. It's, it's fundamental. fundamental. Well, we, we are approaching, the, 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 we are approaching we the last 15 minutes of the program. Good afternoon. This is Newsbreak's pre-election debate. We are here in Cape Town at the M1 Auditorium in Seapoint. It's the penultimate debate. We're going to be having our grand finale in Durban but first we're dealing with issues here in the mother city and we've reached the part of the program this afternoon where we don't go back to our audience member but our moderator Sanusha Naidu is going to point out what she believes is the central theme that has emerged today and we're going to allow these parties an opportunity to be able to discuss that one primary point that she brings forward. Sanusha what have you identified as being that point this afternoon? Well, generally speaking, Genevieve, I think it's been a combination of different things that have been interrelated. So starting off with the idea of whether or not there's inclusive development in the city linked to, linked to the issue of spatial reorganization of the city in terms of the way in which uh, infrastructure and the way in which access to the city has been defined. But more importantly, I think it's about not just about the spatial reorganization, it's also about the fact that we're looking at in South Africa, not just in, this, in, in Cape Town, but across the board, something that is becoming quite relevant and that is intergenerational inequality. And so to a large extent, what we are, what we are witnessing is that after 21 years of the so-called democratic process moving into the 22nd year of our anniversary of our democracy, we are beginning to deal with the very fundamentals of what we've never done with in terms of transformation. And so what we, are, what we are asking is how much more can we can go on in terms of the kinds of issues that were promised in 94 but have not been delivered. And this is not just a Cape Town issue, this is across the board, across the, across the, 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 the country and in, in, in many cities. And I think what happens in Cape Town is actually magnified in different ways across, this, across the country. Of the yeah. And more importantly, I think what is interesting is, so for me, it's about the inequality. But the inequality is not just about whether you have access anymore, it's about the fact that intergenerational inequality makes it that much harder for a black person to get access than perhaps those that have been privileged in the past. So we, we're looking primarily at the question of transformation yeah. at a local government level and how these parties will be able to drive yeah. that agenda. Okay, let's begin with Aljama. Uh, Aljama, take us through what your party will do to address this. 
The, the, we've already raised the issue that every ward must have its own budget. And with regard to the Indian community, which lives largely in Rylands, in Pelican Park, in Cravenby, uh, the DA assumes that Indians are not poor, so the poor, none of the money in the poor budget goes to Indian areas. So there is not inclusive development because the Indians all over in the different areas are neglected as if there are no poor Indians in the city of Cape Town. The city of Cape Town remains the last white outpost and the mayor's desk and the pledge that their members sign is a smokescreen to strengthen racism. So Cape Town is all about racism. It's take all about to, inequalities. Take me to your solutions. We, we, we only have few, a few minutes to discuss this. Take me through two solutions. The first solution is that people mustn't vote for the DA and that we need a change in Cape Town. We need a change in Cape Town but so that we can have a multi-party democracy. But, but in, let's, let's just ask you this. Let's ask you this then. How inclusive will your party be? Because if Al Jama uh, is a Muslim party, most, it, it, it's hinged on Islam. How inclusive then is your party going to be in terms of the broader Cape Town community? Uh, Al Jama is a Muslim party to serve all South Africans. And with the moral values of Islam, we feel that it is best place to serve uh, all other communities than any other ideology that exists amongst the political parties. But let's just bring in the ANC. You've had, in terms of a national government, a long time to redress the issues from 1994. Now at a local government election, what are you putting forward that's going to fast pace that, de uh, that development in and transformation? Uh, the local government, democratic local government, came into place only in 1995. Prior to that, apartheid parties, uh, like the DA's predecessors, were in control of the municipalities. From 1995 and 1996 in Cape Town in KZN, because we only joined the, the rest of the country in 1996 with democratic local government. From that time, we've been consistently trying to make sure that things happen the way that the people want. In the Cape Town, the ANC only took over Cape Town in 2003. For three years, prior to that, it was run by the DA, with the mayor, uh, Peter Mare. He must... He must Remember that. Then Take us through very quickly. Then I, I, want to, I want to get to solutions. Take me we through what your party sure, is going to do. Yes, we will make sure that we have a seamless government. We don't have opposition. The ANC is in government nationally. The ANC will come in government in the province and in the city. That helps with service delivery as has seen in 2003. We were able to launch the anti-gateway as our flagship housing project to address the challenges of housing. So the same will apply. When we're in control, we'll be able to do seamless things. There's land that's owned by national government in the CBD that can be used to house our people. If the DA is honest, they will approach the national government and talk about it so that land can be transferred so that people can move closer to the city. There's land owned by the city in a golf course owned by the city. We don't need a golf course in the beach. Make the land available so that people can live closer to work opportunities. That's the things that we will be doing. Not transport people 30 kilometers away. Make let's, land let's go, available. Let's go to COPE. Let's go to COPE. And Thank what I want you to concentrate on COPE in your answer, I want to hear about your party. There's a lot of, uh, you know, pointing at the other parties and what they're not doing. But tell me what your party will do. Thank you. First of all, we think affordable housing is very important because young people need to be able to take the first step and start owning their houses.
that's becoming totally impossible. So we would like to place a great deal of emphasis on that. Number two, we would like to make certain that in every ward there are voting blocks because the whip hand needs to be kept by the people. Without the voting blocks, it is the parties that become strong and the people become weak. So the stronger voting blocks that exist in wards will mean that the individuals who comprise those blocks will be able to make sure that whoever governs Cape Town governs in a manner in which will satisfy them and give them the services that they deserve. So we will be very, very strongly encouraging people, don't just vote as individuals, create powerful voting blocks and make sure that your voice is loud and powerful and heard. The Democratic Alliance, from, from your perspective, because now we're looking to the next five years, what will you be driving in that five years to address the issue of transformation? Uh, what the Democratic Alliance will do will ensure that we render better service delivery. We will lift up the bar of standards to ensure that conditions are conducive uh, for business and investors to come to Cape Town. The more people got the jobs, the more people are going to be happy because they'll be able to look after themselves. The DA again is campaigning at this point in time to ensure that we have DA ward councillors, especially in the areas where the ANC councillors have let down people election after an election. But so what, the about, solution, what, what about just working in those communities anyway because they're part of your municipality? Uh, just come again. You're, you're, saying, you're saying that you want to put councillors in areas where the ANC is, but isn't it part of the area that you govern in any way and you should be working in those areas whether your councillors are there or not? We are governing this area, we are allocating budgets to the ANC councillors and 80% of those budgets are used for parties, it is uh, on record. They buy food, they buy drinks, they buy other stuff. And if you go to the areas where you have DA ward councillors, you will see the ward budgets are extra personnel to keep the areas clean, to keep the areas Ms. safe. Mr. Nsodu, I'm going to go, before we go back to the ANC to give them the right of reply, since you've yes. made that accusation against them, let's just hear from ICOSA. And ICOSA, once again, let's, I, I want to hear about the solutions your party is offering. Why should anyone vote for you in the mother city? I think let me start with one of our solutions first and our solutions is to make people part of the decision making within the city to do proper consultation. That is something that is lacking in the city at this moment and it's part of the process that revives this protest in the city because people are not consulted properly. The one thing that I've listened to this afternoon when the DA tries to explain the service delivery issues was that some other party prevent them from getting into the community. When the DA took power, they took a political oath of delivering services to all the communities in the Cape. That they're not doing because they start blaming other political parties and I think in the lack of service delivery Take, that take, is, me, through, take me through to your party uh, again. I'm, I'm getting there. Uh, we, the, we, the, we've heard, we've heard, we've heard what the, the parties on the panel are saying the Democratic Alliance is not doing. Tell me what you are going to do. We're saying that 
first and foremost, let's take the communities with us in decision making so that they have been part, so that they have a say in terms of what kind of services needs to be delivered to them. Also with regards to prioritizing budget as to where this budget needs to be taken place. The third thing that we're saying is that there was a talk about uh, um, businesses and entrepreneurship. I think entrepreneurship, particularly within the informal settlements within the, uh, on the periphery of the city, is very important to alleviate uh, joblessness and unemployment. So we're saying that we will take bulk of the budget and employing that into the process of entrepreneurship so that our people become part of the economic thrust of, of, of Cape Town. Thirdly, we're saying, uh, fourthly, we're saying that when it comes to housing, we're saying that we need to move people back into the inner city so that the economic development in the initiative starts booming, but that people have access so that it doesn't become an economic burden on people to travel to their workplace. So we would want to start developing the city internally, but also when we do development on the peripheries of the city where we move people out to, we need to take into consideration that one, let us have an integrated human development so that we provide services. The services that is necessary mustn't become an afterthought. When we build houses, the three spheres of government needs to be part of that particular decision-making so that all of us bring back the services that is much needed within that community. Thank you, Mr. Cocker. The ANC, we, need, we are going to begin our wrap-up, but before we do so, I'm going to give you just 30 seconds to address the issue that Mr. Nsodu had brought up, the accusation that your party members are using budgets given to you in order to buy lunch. The DA is in control of the city of Cape Town. They are in control of the budget. Maybe Mr. Choto doesn't understand how local government work. The budget gets adopted at full council. The mayor is the, the political custodian of the budget, and the city manager is the administrative head. Nobody else has influence over the budget except those two. The full council takes a decision, city manager implements. You can't. Thank, come thank and make you a for that. I've allowed you an opportunity to address that issue. We're going to begin with our wrap up now. We have 30 seconds on the clock for each party to be able to make their closing statements. And I'm going to ask you to use your time wisely. Uh, allow yourself to represent your party in the next 30 seconds. So let's just begin with ICOSA. Your 30 seconds start now. ICOSA wants to leave us with a message. It says that the Freedom Charter says that the people shall govern. This is not the case in the mother city. Because when decisions is made, the people is not present and services are being forced onto them. So what we're saying, if you select us, if you choose us to be your political representation, we would make sure that consultation will happen duly, consultation will happen with the communities, and you will have a say in the development in your communities. Thank you for that. Let's go to DA. Your 30 seconds start now. Uh, vote DA to keep making progress possible in Cape Town. Uh, the Democratic Alliance will ensure that more jobs are created. The Democratic Alliance will ensure that service delivery is upgraded to highest levels. The Democratic Alliance will ensure that housing delivery is being sped up in the next five years, and the Democratic Alliance will continue to play its role to make Cape Town a safe city. The, we're going to allow COPE. COPE, your 30 seconds start now. Thank you. Vote COPE so that we make social democracy the most powerful system in South Africa. That's the best. Number two, we urge you to form voting blocks so that you keep the power. Number three, if you really want to know what we are doing, see us on Facebook and we are at 
C-O-P-E, small letters, capital C-T. We want to have interactions with you on a daily basis so that we hear what you are saying and we are able to Thank communicate Thank you. Let's go you. to the ANC. Your 30 seconds start now. Working with the ANC will allow us to basically build better communities and that will result in better local government. You will have the say about development in your area. You will have a say about how the budget gets spent. And that way we can build a better Cape Town that's inclusive. To Al Jamar, your 30 seconds start now. Like I said, I'm the only Indian councillor in the city of Cape Town. We are fielding nearly a dozen Indians in the metro who are South African patriots. So Indians must not vote for a white party. We want a balance of power to have a multi-party mayoral committee so all communities can work together and we don't have a situation of one-party rule. Winner takes all, the whites taking everything like they did in the words of apartheid. Al Jamar's graduated and well-qualified candidates vote for Thank you for that. And that was the Cape Town pre-election debate. Thanks to my team led by Isama Patel, our executive producer, as well as the Cape Town office with all of their technical producers that have been assisting us. We're going to see you in Durban for our grand finale. From me, Genevieve Lanka, have a blessed day.